So let me just ask you guys and just start off with this question first. What comes into your mind when you think about God and the Bible and heaven and hell and the devil and even non-Christians? What's the first thing that comes into your mind when you start thinking about those Christian ideas, concepts, or even doctrines, right? So for example, the things that I just mentioned are the very things that almost shape your world. Right, so you say, where did you come from? Who created us? God. That's just the first answer that we have. Where do you go when you die? Well, it depends. <laughs> it depends, right? So if you're a Christian, where do you go? Heaven. And if you're a non-Christian, where do you go? Hell. Okay, that's what we're taught, right? Now, when there's a lot of bad things that happen, who do we blame for sin and for evil in this world? The devil. Okay, I'm not saying this is everybody, okay, but this is pretty common for a lot of Christians, right? Now, how do we view non-Christians? For example, I could look at Lewis and be like, hey, brother. So that's nice to say, right? But do you call a Muslim your brother? A Buddhist your brother? Uh, most likely not. For a lot of people, I'm not accusing anybody here, but just from my understanding growing up as a Christian, they were just God's creation, but they weren't his children, and they're not my brothers or sisters in, in Christ or whatever you want to call it, right? So the reason why I'm tackling these things, folks, is because these are the very things that shape the way that we see the world, right? Because some of us, even in the internet land that's going to watch this, some of us are still afraid to die, even though we grew up in the church. Because even if you're going to church and serving and praying and doing all these things, there's still something in the back of your head saying, did I really do it right? Did I really do enough? Or did I believe correctly? Right? So maybe you did a lot of good stuff, but maybe you have the wrong doctrine and you're not sure because you're like, even for some of us here. So I spoke to some uh, people earlier today um, and we're, we're reaching places in our lives where we're, we're questioning almost everything. And you got to wonder that, so were you really saved in the first place? Because some of us are even questioning the very core of Christianity, which is the cross. So if we got the cross wrong and we're already in our 30s or 40s or 50s, if you got the cross wrong, you must have got the gospel wrong, and you must have misunderstood Jesus, his, his goal, then were you even saved in the first place? So does that mean that all these years that you were a Christian going to church, were you on your way to hell if you were to die a couple years ago? Are you guys following what I'm talking about? So I'm not saying you're saved or you're not saved. I'm just saying these are things that do affect us on how we live, right? Because like I said, there's, there are a lot of conversations that are going on today about what happened at the cross. And a lot of people are attacking each other saying, oh, if you don't believe this, you can't be a Christian. Or if you hear the stuff that Josh says, like someone even read an article of me the other day, they said his stuff is, oh, what do you say, I don't want to scare you guys away. <laughs> anyway, it was very unkind. <laughs> and, they, and they wouldn't consider me a Christian, right? But you, you know what, folks? I'm not here to judge any of your guys' hearts. And we're all at different places at different times. And thank God that God is a God of grace that understands that where we come from and that we're born in a particular place where if, if I grew up in the Philippines, I'd, I'd probably be a Roman Catholic, right? Of course, it's not 100%, but, or in Mexico, right? <laughs> I, I looked at you, Joe. <laughs> it's in Mexico, <laughs> or Korea, right? Or Koreans, uh, many of them are Presbyterian, right? Uh, not everybody. But that's just the thing. We're, we're really affected by our culture. You know, basically, when, when you think about this, there, I, I read an article about last week about Many regrets that there are five regrets that people have who are dying. And I don't know you guys, if you guys think about death often, right? 
But the five regrets, I'll mention two that really stood out to me. One of the regrets was they wish they had more courage to be true to themselves rather than the expectations of other people, right? That was one. The other one stood out to me was that they wish they had more, uh, more courage to express their feelings more instead of just keeping it all in, right? Like for some of us who have grown up in religion or the church, we would hear certain things that, for me, sometimes it can make you squirm, just like, oh man, did I just hear that, <laughs> right? And then you don't say anything. And then you keep it to yourself. But to imagine being true to yourself and finding out, I'm not saying finding your own truth, meaning you make it up. Truth is truth, yeah. right? I'm not saying things are subjective or relative, but in a sense, we're all figuring it out. And that we have, in my opinion, we should be a little bit more hesitant to say, we have finally found the true, true truth, because five years from now, you might change your mind and then you're going to look like an idiot, right? So I'm not saying don't, don't stand for truth. Stand for truth, but, but I'm just be ready to, you might change your mind <laughs> a couple of years from now. Then you have to humble yourself. Like even for myself, I've had, I remember I would be preaching the gospel, what I thought was a gospel, which was mostly fear-based, right? Fear-driven. And I had to take down maybe 15 or 20 sermons of mine down from the internet. And I was thinking, well, I put in so much work though. You know, but my, my content, my beliefs changed. But I realized, you know what? It's not about me <laughs> trying to have all you know, my stuff on the internet. It's about me having a message out there that's going to give hope to the whole world and not just to the Christians. Right? So there's this conversation that's going on that's been going on for quite some time. It's not new. I know some people like thinking like it's a new thing with the emergent church. You guys heard of that term, emergent movement? Folks, that's not new. <laughs> to me, it's not even controversial. Folks, that, a lot of it's very similar to what we would consider liberal theology from back in the day. You know, there are some differences, but it's not new, folks. But this conversation has been making a lot of people very, very, very uncomfortable. But this conversation that's going on is also making a lot of people very, very upset. Right? Just like I'm sure some of you have shared to me some of your stories of the reactions that people have had when you start sharing about this conversation. But there's this third category, this third group of people that are being affected by this conversation, and this is where I fall in. And it's a group of people who are hearing this conversation and they're feeling a sense of freedom for the very first time in years. Amen, Amen to that. Because now people, this conversation is basically about rethinking the entire Christian faith. I'm not saying stop being a Christian or Christianity is wrong. But like I said, there's many things that I mentioned. God, the Bible, heaven, hell. That they're rethinking almost every one of those doctrines because that's the way you shape the world. The way you see the world. So when you say, oh, uh, how should I live my life? How is, what's my guide? What do we follow as a Christian? The Bible. Right. What is God's primary way of speaking to you? It's the Bible. Is that true? What happened to all the people that didn't have the Bible in the past? You see what I'm saying? I'm not saying don't read your Bible. Oh, you guys start your Bibles. Okay, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm getting us to think differently to not rely upon something that maybe God didn't have that as his intention in the first place, right? But now let me ask you a very important and maybe uncomfortable question, right? What if almost everything that you were taught about Christianity is wrong? Just what if, right? Your view about God heaven, hell, the Bible, the cross, non-Christians, etc. What if? And I really want you to ask yourself, even right now, and you want to ask yourself, why do I believe whatever I believe about those things? 
Why do you believe that non-Christians go to hell? Why do you believe that my guide to life has to be the Bible? That God's primary way is to be? Why do I believe that only Christians go to heaven? Why do I believe that God is the one that created me? Just all these things. Because the problem that I've seen, that it's not just with religious folks. It's actually with a lot of people. It's unfortunate, but they've learned not to think for themselves. Right? It's easy to tell somebody what to believe. Easy. Right? Hey, I want you to believe this. The Bible says. I want you to believe this. <laughs> and I don't want to say that your mom or dad says, you know, obey your parents. <laughs> right? Or uh, believe this because you went to school and your professor says such and such. True, you could hear all of these things. But it's easy to tell people what to believe, but to me, to get people to question and to think for themselves is actually a lot more powerful in my opinion. Right? Because then it'll be really true to you. And so what I want you to do is that as you hear my voice, as you hear some concepts and ideas that I'll be sharing that might be a little bit different, it might be the same, I don't know. I want you to be completely honest with yourself and, and see if it resonates inside. If it doesn't, then throw it out. But I do believe that there's something that supersedes and actually transcends the Bible. And I actually believe that God is in, in our heart. That actually makes a lot more sense, right? When there are people all over the world that don't have a Bible, that I do believe that there's this internal GPS system, whatever you want to call it, where they hear God. Bible or no Bible, right? And the Bible can confirm it, whatever, okay? So be as completely honest with yourself as much as possible. So now when you think about all these questions that you have, Once again, don't be afraid to be able to ask the question, why? Because what we've, that what's happened that I've, that I've seen in religion is that they've told you what to believe, they've told you how to think, and they've told you how to live without asking why, yeah. folks. You know, folks, what that's called? That's called indoctrination. Yeah. And that's why you can do a lot of stupid things, right? Now, we're, my, my wife and I were watching a show called The Following. You guys watch that show on TV, right? It's about a cult group. And you know what? They just do whatever the cult leader says. And they just kill all these people, folks. And that's what people have done, even in the name of God. Have you guys seen the movie Noah? I saw the movie last night with my wife. Now, I'm not saying it's a good or bad movie, but it's so interesting, without ruining the story, we all read it in the Bible. <laughs> but what's really interesting is that Noah was battling what was going on in the inside of what he was supposed to do. You guys get what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to spoil the ending even though we know the story in the Bible, <laughs> right? And so that's what I want us to really see is that I believe God is so big and God is so close to you that He's constantly speaking in your heart. That you hear Him, even your, your, your baby, your child is hearing the voice of God, hearing the voice of love, hearing the voice of... Your, 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 your children know that they're already accepted. But you, as a loving parent, are in alignment with God's heart, right? But it's, it's the religion that will tell you, no, 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 you have to do this, you have to do that, you didn't obey me, go to your room, blah, blah, blah. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> now, I, I know I'm challenging a lot of stuff about Christianity, okay? So I can look, like, who am I? Okay? And maybe, who am I? But the thing is, just to share a little bit about myself, I'm not, I was born into this whole Christian stuff just like I'm sure a lot of us have, right? But particularly, the evangelical stream, okay? I'm going to try to uh, keep the term simple. So you guys familiar with the term evangelical, right, or, or Pentecostal? I grew up as a Pentecostal, so we believed in the supernatural gifts and all that stuff. 
I taught, just to show my background, I taught apologetics for a while at a Presbyterian church in Los Angeles. And then I became a pastor at a Southern Baptist church. And then I, became, I got hired as an evangelist at Assemblies of God Church. And then I went to the Philippines as a, as a missionary to a Roman Catholic country. And then I married a woman that came from an Islamic country, right? And so in a sense, I've been around in that sense when it comes to the evangelical charismatic stream, right? I'm not as familiar back in the day with Eastern Orthodox or all that stuff, but this is just my stream. So I have an idea generally of the, uh, what's, what's considered essential Christian doctrine. But what if the things that we were told from either our leaders or, or Bible school or whatever, the things that considered as orthodoxy or the core, what if those things that we were taught are wrong? What if? What are you going to do about it? Are you merely just going to conform because there's safety in numbers? Or are you going to have the courage to speak up, not, not to be rebellious, not to wreak havoc in a church, although it can happen, but I don't, I'm not encouraging that, but to speak up because you see teachings that are instilling fear inside people. You know, I just watched, you know, because um, back in the day, you know, I, I, I watched some like gangster stuff. <laughs> right? So I was watching a gangster video the other day of some kid, why he didn't join a gang. I don't even know why I'm sharing this. This kid, uh, this kid uh, brought up about how his brother got shot and he uh, didn't want to become a gangster because his brother was, got shot. So he kind of learned his lesson and he says, well, well, why else? Because, you know, I don't want to do any of that stuff, man. I'm a Christian. I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> He's just talking like that. But it's true, folks. Isn't it true that, that many times, this is for myself too, many times growing up for me, I did the good things because I was afraid to go to hell. Now, now, hell or is real or is it real? I'm not going to get into that right now. But what is your motivation? Right. So you're telling me if hell didn't exist, you'd be a complete jerk to a lot of people, right? Or if God's not going to punish you, if it's not about punishment, you're telling me that you wouldn't help anybody at all? You're not going to love your wife because you're afraid God's going to punish you? Or do you just love your wife? Or do you just have compassion in your heart for the homeless? Not because you're trying to earn a crown. You get what I'm saying? So that's where we have to question ourselves, why do we do what we do? And that's where grace changes everything because once you understand love, you want to do it. That you don't, you're not forced to do it, but you get to do it. You get to come from Fullerton and share and, and play. Uh, I didn't know you came all the way from there, man. That, that's your heart. But that's, that's what changes the whole message. What is the good news for the world? Believe or burn? Or you're unconditionally loved. And when people get this message that they're, that they're unconditionally loved, that's what brings about the change, folks. Because then it's not done out of fear. But then they're accepted from God. They're accepted from people. You know what I'm saying? And to me, this is, it's, it's, it's a beautiful message of what I'm seeing now of people here in Hammond, like Pastor Lewis and other people that are sharing this message. This, this message is growing, folks. And, 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 and churches are feeling threatened by it. That's just the truth of it all. Because now we're getting people within congregations to think for themselves. Not to rebel against the pastor, because I know how that is to be a pastor, right? But are we more concerned with, with keeping as many people as we can in our congregation? Or are we more concerned with people in our congregation knowing the love of God? Whether they're in your church or not, whether or not they know this message so they could help change this world. But why focus on changing the world when we got to focus on ourselves in the first place? <laughs> Whether or not we get this message first. You know what I'm saying? 
So once again, search your heart. Not in the way that I was taught where you search your heart for sin. <laughs> but search your heart and ask yourself, why do I really believe what I believe? And for me, I, I really do think that a lot of the stuff that I share is just an awakening. That's it. That, that, that stuff that I'm going to share is just going to re- resonate in your heart and be like, yeah, that, it, just, it just makes sense. Right? Because what I've seen is that there's been this huge disconnect that I've seen a lot with a lot of people between the head and the heart. We're told what to believe, but you don't believe that here. Right? You hear something in a sermon and everyone's like, Amen! And then because everyone's doing it, you're like, Amen. <laughs> or you raise your hand because everyone's raising that. You just do it. It's like mimetic, right? So you're doing all these things. So you're told what to believe, but do you really believe? So there's this tension. There's this uneasiness. Right? But like I said, if God is within everybody, is love, if love is within your heart, this is just common sense, folks. It's just common sense. Now, I'm not the type to focus on religion, you know. I'm a pretty chill and happy guy, right? But the thing is, I'm willing to call things out, okay? And to tell it like it is. And from what I've seen, religion, fear-based religion, I'll qualify, has done a lot of damage to people, including myself, okay? And like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to focus on this too much. I'm just calling it out. Now, for myself, I hope you guys can uh, relate with this because it's a funny story for me. When I was a child, I remember waiting, some of you guys probably know the story. I woke up one day when I was a kid. Uh, I slept in the middle of the day. And you know, when you wake up sometimes, you don't know what time it is because it's the middle of the day. It feels weird, (laughs) you know? And I remember I woke up and then I went to my parents' room and then it was empty, right? And then I went to my sister's room. They were sharing a room at one time and then it was totally empty. And then I searched the entire house and it was completely empty. And then I realized that I was left behind, right? I really thought I was left behind and the rapture happened, folks. And here I was, I was a little kid. Can you imagine, folks, as a little child, for goodness sake, as a little child, there I was crying. It's funny now. (laughs) I can laugh about it now, but it's not funny back then. I really thought that God left me because I really thought that I wasn't good enough that I probably wasn't praying enough. And, and I was like a little rascal too, you know, on the, when I was playing outside on the street. But you know, you, you did what you could do as a, as a religious child to, to earn God's approval. And then I felt like I didn't have it. And folks, you know, I just can't imagine, you know, your, your child that you were talking about to ever her waking up one day thinking her whole family's gone, you know? How scary is that? But those are the things that I was taught in the church. Are you guys relate to that story? The rapture stuff, right? Left behind, you know? They scared the hell into you, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's pretty insane. And religion has used this fear to control people. Has used fear to control people on how to give. You know, that's why I appreciate Lewis's heart. From what I can tell, he doesn't force you guys to tithe or whatever. It's just from your heart. But, but that's how the, the people can control the systems. Because you have to pay for everything, right? Which is fine, that's understandable. But when you use fear of like, if you don't tithe to your local church, God's not going to bless you. Or you're going to be punished somehow. Folks, what kind of God is that? What kind of God is that? You know, even when I was watching the movie Noah, you know, I'm trying not to read it too much, but you know, just the, the concept that I was seeing of God at that time. And I was telling my wife too, what, who would believe in that kind of God at times? Really? 
You know, you guys even remember who watched the movie Noah? There was like the fallen angels, the watchers, right? I felt bad for the watchers. <laughs> I felt bad for the fallen angels because it seemed like God wasn't even kind to the watchers. They're called the, 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 the fallen angels, you know? Whether it's true or not, you know, I, I, we were talking about it on the way here. You know, because we were like, what if God really is like that? What if? You know, because that's the thing. We could be wrong, right? So when we were driving here, because it was, it was a long drive, I was, we were talking about it. I'm like, you know, Remy, we, we could be wrong. But if God really is like that, I wouldn't want to believe in a God like that. I wouldn't worship a God like that. And neither would I, I, I share a message and portray a God who's that fearful and scary that if you don't obey Him or if you sin, whoosh, everyone's going to be drowned. I mean, imagine doing that to your baby girl. Sweetheart, what? Put her, that's basically it. Because there were babies, weren't there? And women and young children during the time of Noah. And I'm already stirring something up, bringing something up. But that's, that's the thing. We have to question these things. That you'll start seeing things from a completely different angle. That where we see all these stories that we heard. I recommend a movie, and I don't do this too often. I, I just watched it a couple days ago called uh, God, God on Trial. And I posted this on my, my Facebook the other day. I just heard about it like a week ago. I watched the entire thing. And people got very upset on the comments because there was a quote that says, God is not good. But that's just a quote from the movie. Right? I'm not saying God's not good. It's just a quote from the movie. Because what these people did during the time of, the Holo- uh, the time of Auschwitz is that these Jewish people, they're the chosen ones, right? So they were asking themselves, if we're the chosen ones, then why is this happening to us? And so they wanted to find out and have a verdict of who's responsible for this. And so they were concluding that if, if we are the chosen one, and if God is really for us, it seems like God is not a good God. So if we're preaching this message, God is good, blah, 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 then how do we reconcile these things? These are the things that we have to think about where it's not merely a theological thing, but it's a very real, existential, experiential thing. Does your understanding of God really make sense with this world? Now, do I believe in a good God? Absolutely, right? But if we're saying that God is the one that caused the Holocaust, or blah, blah, then you're going to have some problems, folks, with a lot of Jewish people. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? And we can't stick with our theology just because this is what we were taught. Don't stick with tradition just for the sake of tradition. Listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. You will do some cuckoo things if you don't listen, because many people did those things even in the name of God, for goodness sake. You could do anything in the name of God. And so that's his whole thing with fear, 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 fear. As a child, and even when I was in, in Bible school, I was still afraid. I was afraid of sinning. That's what we're afraid to do. You don't want to mess up, right? You're afraid of the devil. Some of us, we're afraid to go to the kitchen late at night, right? Or to watch horror movies or to watch Insidious or something like that, right? You're afraid to die. You're afraid even of God. Now, for, for, I don't know, for you guys who used to party, right, or you still do, whatever, I remember when I used to party. I used to be afraid that when I used to party that I would get in a car accident when I go home. Honestly, I was really afraid <laughs> because I thought that was God's way of teaching me a lesson. But to imagine, folks, having that kind of mindset where the one who supposedly unconditionally loves you, that when you do something stupid, he becomes conditional all of a sudden. And it's God loves you, but God loves you if you obey my commandments. Now, am I for obeying? Sure, but not in a legalistic sense. But you love because you love. 
because you're motivated by love because we love because He first loved us. But if you don't understand that unconditional love, you're going to live the rest of your life trying to earn God's approval by doing all of these things. If you go to church on Sunday, oh, you went to church? Now your guilt's gone. Even though you didn't feel like it, but your guilt's gone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Honesty, folks. And what God appreciates, folks, He's not as impressed with all of the stuff that we do. He just looks at your heart. You know, when I talk to Lewis, you know, bro, I'm telling you the truth, you're one of the realest pastors I've ever met. Seriously, bro. So even when he, I called him up yesterday, and he was, he was tearing up, you know, because he was, you were watching something, right? And then here's this guy just like being totally honest with me, not trying to be all have it together, you know, but just telling me his heart. There are times where we talk on the phone, he's just telling me his heart. Things that he's thinking about with church and the ministry and stuff. And folks, that, that's what life is all about, isn't it? Just relationships. I'm just being totally honest instead of calling him up and being, hey, Louis, guess how many books I sold? Guess how many churches I spoke at? Guess how many miracles I performed? <laughs> but imagine if I get to see the real Louis and to see his heart, to hear his struggles, where he could hear my struggles, where even when I sat with him and his wife and Richard and all those at Denny's the first time, we talked about a lot of stuff that we, will, we don't usually share in the pulpit, but we were able to share some of our, our, our questions without any judgment at all, but just to love each other. To me, that, that's a beautiful thing, folks. And that's why, folks, there's these voices that we hear all throughout our lives that I'll just make a, 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 like a superficial distinction between the voice of religion and the voice of God. Folks, I want you to listen. When you hear this voice, and we've probably heard this, for those of us who have grown up in the church or you've read it in a book, you hear a voice saying, you are nothing but a wretched sinner, corrupt, and there's no good in you, and you're wicked. You guys heard of that before? I have. Now, folks, would you, just, would you say that to your child? No. <laughs> Never. But we were taught to believe that. Imagine you walk into the room one day and your children is, you know, your, your child is talking to God, God, I'm nothing, I'm nothing, I'm wretched. Folks, if your children start believing those things, how do you think they're going to end up to be like? They won't feel like they will have any value whatsoever when you feel like you're nothing. You're unworthy. You guys heard that? I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy. I'm un yeah. Folks, you're worthy. Lift up your speaking head. Okay, you're God's child. Yes. But when you have this, I'm nothing, I'm nothing, I'm you will live that out. You will live that out. And many times when you don't put value on yourself, you will do a lot of stupid things because you don't recognize how much you're worth. I'm telling you, whether or not, you know, it, it's so weird. I will tell somebody, and people don't like hearing this sometimes, but I'll tell a child, dude, you're awesome. You're amazing. No, 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 glory to God. It's not me. Glory to God. You know, and I, I'm just, this is just an example. Oh, John, good, you know, good job today. And it wasn't me. It was all God, man. Well, it sure looked like you. It sure looked like you play. It sure looked like you. You know, pr you probably practiced at home. Now I get it. God is the source. Yeah. <laughs> but folks, let's get rid of our Christianese. Yeah. Learn to take a compliment for goodness' sake, <laughs> right? And just say thank you. Yeah. You know, like you, you could ask, "Oh, good job today." But I worked hard. You know, sometimes when we prepare, you know, prepare for speaking, or if I wrote a book or whatever, we work hard with your your business, folks. Yes, God is our source. 
But if I had a kid, so you guys thought that we had a kid already, right? If I had a child, you know, I was thinking about, you know, we were talking about how I like talking about kids a lot, even though I don't have a kid yet. If my kid was a breakdancer, because I'm addicted to breakdancing, right? <laughs> if my kid was a breakdancer, and then I was like, dude, good job, Josh Jr. And he's like, it's not about me, it's about you, Dad. <laughs> you know what I would say? I would say, you know what? Good job, son. I saw you practicing in the garage with your cardboard and your linoleum that you rolled out with your friends. Really, folks. Because that's how I could see the value in people. And, I'm, and I, honestly, this is just my opinion. I think God feels the same way. That yes, God is your strength. He gives you the power. He gives you the resources. But we are the ones that choose to do what we choose to do. Right. And so you'll hear this voice that says that if you obey me, if you don't obey me, you'll be punished. But then when you look deep within, when you look in your heart, you'll hear the voice of love. You'll hear the voice of truth. That it says, if you follow me, and if you follow love, it will lead to life. Of course, when you don't follow love, there are definitely consequences. Of course, right? Or you'll hear a voice that when you do something stupid, they'll say, you idiot. You call yourself a, uh, a Christian, right? Oh, when, you, when, when you know, you're going to be exposed and you're going to lose your position at church and blah, 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 blah. And then you're going to hear the voice of love in your heart that's going to say, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Lift up your head. Lift up your head. God is a God of mercy. God is a God of grace. Folks, it changes the person, folks. To see that when you, when you fall, when you quote-unquote fall into sin, what is more encouraging? To hear that you better get up or God's going to punish you. He's not going to bless you. What's going to motivate you? That or just say, you know, learn from what just happened. Get up and move on. You'll never be healed if you're going to keep dwelling on your past and doing all those things that you, yeah, you messed up. But when you move on and you learn to forgive yourself, I'm telling you, that's what helps you to move forward Come on. in this yeah. life, right? Yeah. Amen? <laughs> you know, so when, when we're thinking about these things, folks, like when I was in the Philippines, now this is where I get a little bit theological, a little bit. I've always been the type to ask questions, okay, when I was an adult, not when I was a child. But when I was an adult, I, I started asking questions all the time because of apologetics, you know. My goal was, believe it or not, I wanted to be like Rabbi Zacharias and all these, I don't know if you know who they are, they're Christian apologists. They learn how to intellectually defend the faith. And I wanted to travel the world to defend Christianity against all the false religions and against all the false worldviews. Now, let me be completely honest with you now. During those times when I would read books from atheists and secular humanists and all these types of other people, I would read their criticisms against Christianity, particularly fundamentalist Christianity, evangelical, because there's different kinds, right? Particularly evangelical Christianity. And to be honest, during those times, their arguments made sense to me. And I was, and I was, a, pastor, I was a missionary and a pastor during those times. And to be honest, folks, I got very uncomfortable because of that. Because it was hard for me for all these years to come to a place in my life that I could be wrong. Because I, I studied theology. <laughs> you know, I got, you know, did all that stuff for years, man. I was in Bible school for a long time, you know. And then I was a pastor defending the faith. And then you hear these other arguments. And I'm like, wow, these are, these are powerful. So what did I do? 
I bought more Christian apologetic books just to reaffirm what I was supposed to believe because that's just what I knew. And I didn't want to step on the other side and say, these atheists got some stuff right. Now, I'm not an atheist, right? But remember, they don't get everything wrong, folks. And many times the people that I've seen that are atheists, right, I don't think that they're actually against God, to be honest. What they're critiquing is, they're critiquing fundamentalist, angry, judgmental, that kind of Christianity, right? Where this, that's why there's a lot of people now, especially on YouTube, everybody has a voice now, right? This conversation is happening because more and more people are tired of a God and his followers of being very hateful, exclusive, judgmental, and even violent. You get what I'm saying? Because I'm telling you folks, it's so easy to have God back you up for whatever your sin, if your view of God is like that. Right. Oh, what's wrong with the tsunami hitting Asia? We just saw Noah yesterday. Yeah. Why, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? I thought, God, does God change his mind all of a sudden? You see, folks, and so if we want to be consistent as much as possible, we have to start addressing these things and seeing whether or not our views are coherent or not, right? And so when, when you start doing these folks, I'm telling you, it starts to liberate you. And you start to see. But you don't want to be those types that I've seen, even Facebook, I've seen it on YouTube. They're so angry. Yeah, right. they, they, they even like hate religion. <laughs> but you know what, folks? Some of these people, they could get so caught up in hating the religion, they end up becoming religious too. They become the very thing that they're against because you get so sucked up into hatred. Anger, anger, anger. Folks, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just addressing a problem and then you focus on the positive. But the problem should be addressed. Because many times we just don't want to do it because we're too scared of being judged. Right? Or being the odd, but I just got a message from someone yesterday on Facebook. They've been going through all this stuff. They, even from their own family, excluded them and abandoned them, saying they, the, the, the family thinks that this one girl's crazy now. To imagine... Just because her views are different. You know, you hear of that, right? In Muslims disowning yeah. their children because they became a Christian. It happens in Christianity too. It does, so it's like we, it's, it's interesting because we're all, in, we're all with each other when we have the same views. But when you start questioning some things that we consider fundamental, then you're on the outside all of a sudden. But why can't our relationships be something bigger than our beliefs? You know what I'm saying? Because if, if we treat Christians like that, just because of a belief, Oh, you don't believe in hell. You don't believe in... Stay away. I, I'm not even supposed to eat with you. Supposedly. <laughs> right? So do you not eat with Buddhists? Do you not eat with Muslims? Or non-Christians, folks? And I'm telling you, folks, that's going to look like an ugly world if we logically took it to its conclusion. Right? 